And welcome back to episode 115 of the Weekly Tech Round with me, Jay. And me, Carl. How are you doing, Carl? Cold. Yes. Howling on the green. It is chilly out there. Caroling on the green. Sounds like some kind of quaint English custom, doesn't it? We've been caroling on the green this evening. Oh, yeah, we had mulled wine and, uh, yeah. Ah, oh, well, yes, I have uh, I have not ventured far this weekend. It is, it's been exceptionally cold here in the UK, hasn't it? Minus, well, I think it's been as low as minus six or seven on some nights in the last week, isn't it? I think so, it? yeah. Very chilly. Uh, though the highlight of my, uh, our, well, the highlight of the weekend, I should say, uh, was the Artemis mission returning. Uh, I know you haven't watched it yet, but uh, as I called up and watched the the live splashdown of the Orion capsule as it touched uh, touched the Earth. No, that's wrong. Touched the sea uh, off yep. the coast of Mexico near Guadalupe Island. And uh, well, it's uh, I think I think a, a momentous in well momentous yeah moment in human space bearing history because whilst it's kind of a bit of a retro thing, isn't it, with touchdowns as opposed to kind of landings with the shuttle. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it does mark the return to the moon. You know, I know we didn't land on the moon this time, but we're going back, you know? Yeah. I, I just want to say it's an expensive point in human history. <laughs> well, yes. Space flight, though, has never been particularly cheap, though, has it? Let's be honest. Not when you've you know? got an SLS, no. No, no. What's that should stand for? Like, cost a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> should do, yeah. Right. Talking of money, then, let's get this show on the road this week. So, this week, we are going to be talking Meta, Meta. <laughs> oh, Google, sorry. Uh, yep. We're going to talk LastPass breaches. We're going to talk more security with Anchor. And the Tech Rat Rumor Mill comes back for a little bit of a, a peek into the iPhone, uh, well, Apple Rumor Mill, I should say, this week. But uh, we also have an update on the Microsoft, uh, well, Activision Blizzard. I want to say acquisition, but at the moment it feels just like a <laughs> business transaction that's going wrong rapidly. Yeah. <laughs> But let's kick off the first story of the week then, which is our friends over at Meta getting, well, fined again, I think is the way to describe naughty, it. Nor- they're definitely on the naughty list, <laughs> not, I would yeah, say. They're, they're definitely not, yeah, they're not going to be on the, uh, the good list for Christmas, are they? No, no. Zuckerberg no. better write a new list. <laughs> oh, yeah, they've, been, they've had a GDPR fine, haven't they? Uh, One £265 million, Euros, uh, along with being forced to take a range of remedial actions to bring its processing into compliance uh i think this is due to was it a, this was a breach wasn't it or a threat actor uh back april 2021 i want to say and they managed to scrape a massive amount of personal uh, user data from facebook and then leak it online uh so these are the kind of the repercussions of, of that uh breach uh, lack of proper processing well, or whatever you want to call it i think all of the above quite frankly i think it's the only yeah. way to really say it uh, but mm, what it yeah. proves again is that the eu is not afraid to wheel out the gdpr baton is it, it it's still not are... a 10 percent fine though i want to see the first 10 percent of their global revenue fine come in i didn't see yeah i think i was gonna say the same breath of them that like you know applauding them for wielding wielding the regulation and you know finding these yeah. companies yeah, I don't think they've got the balls, though, to really say, yeah, we're going to fine you 10% of global revenue. I think no, no. that, well, I don't know whether they feel there hasn't been a big enough risk. Was the Cambridge Analytical one not big enough? Well, clearly not. Was, but this is ex- what, was it Experian? Who lost all our data? <laughs> Personal fashion, was that not big enough? No. <laughs> I think those no. two probably were big enough. I suspect they probably were, but yeah, they have not. Uh, they haven't got that far. But yeah, like I say, two hundred seventy-five 
million dollars you know approximately yeah. 265 million euro not far apart these oh, days no. uh, i think but, the tagline was that uh, it was uh, meta's failure to build data protection by design and by default into their their product yeah but this is just like the same story over it and is. over again with meta there's never any actual i don't think any actual remediation beyond Following the letter of you know the fine, and then because what's the two hundred sixty five million fine after how long has it been? Uh, nearly, nearly, well, over a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's nothing to them. No, and Meta's revenue last year was close to one hundred and eighteen billion dollars. Yeah. So exactly. at the end so of this yeah. is nothing to them. It's, no. it's barely even a slap on the back of the hand. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they're you know, and they would they would write this into their profit and loss, wouldn't they? And given yeah. given actually that their I think their 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 quarterly profit, um, well quarterly revenue, sorry quarterly revenue, excuse me, not profit, quarterly revenue was around thirty billion uh, at the end of September. You're right, two hundred seventy five million dollars is just a dip in the ocean, isn't it? It's it's not going to cause them major issues. No, not but, that at all. You know, but then again, you know, this isn't the the first uh, fine they've had, and nor is it going to be the last either, is it? No, Given no, that they're now also they need one of those ten percent of their of their profit fines. Well, it is turnover or whatever it was. Something that's actually going to make them stand up and take notice. The the problem I think that will happen though, if if the EU goes for that, it won't work. I think they'll get countersued and it'll end up being dragged through the courts. I think more, and I mean that more than the usual, mm. you know, yeah. appeal process. I think it'll be taken to like, you know, a, a serious point of where that's too much money, so to speak. You know, and not how many times right. have you got to lose oh, use of data I, before it's uh, before something actually happens? Well, maybe send very... Zuckerberg to prison for uh, you know eighteen months. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, but that's the thing. though. he wouldn't go down. He'd be one of his lieutenants, wouldn't it? That would. Uh, Take the fall, well, so whoever speak, we can know. find in the EU because you're not going to get an extradition order from the US for him, are you? Oh, yeah, right. Can you see that? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. uh, it comes in, they just look at it and be like, all right, next one. <laughs> <laughs> or they might look at it and go, you know what, you're doing us a favor, take him. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, you never know, actually. Yeah, that could be like, yeah, all right, then yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want yeah, Trump yeah. along with that? <laughs> 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 well, careful what you wish for. Uh, so, like I say, this isn't the only story this week, though, that includes Meta getting a slap on the no. wrist. So the, they've also a bit of hot water, aren't they, as well, in terms of being sued now by some anonymous, uh, anonymous uh, plaintiffs concerning yep. tax records, isn't it? Mm, it's it's more bad design, really. So Again, uh, yes. So, yeah, these anonymous plaintiffs uh, who filed their taxes online in 2020 using products such as, uh, these are American products, H&R Block, uh, basically, but now it's come to like the HR Block and other popular US tax filing websites, a tax act, tax slayer. They mean nothing to me, uh, <laughs> but they apparently have been sending users sensitive financial information to Meta for its Pixel tracking tool. So Pixel's a piece of code companies can embed on their websites uh, so they can track visitors' activities, identify Facebook and Instagram users to target with ads. But now it seems that by default, the service sends all inputted data in any forms, to Meta. Well, this is because, isn't it, in the US, you have to, you know, like, so here in the, I guess, for, for anybody who's kind of thinking, what the hell, why are we complaining about this? And if you're not in the US, 
the you know for example here in the uk you don't necessarily have to file your you don't have to file your taxes every year as a as a citizen or as a private individual no. you only have to do that in certain circumstances isn't it so if yep. you are um a director of a company or you are self-employed uh, or you earn over a certain amount of money you well, have HMST to do doesn't called... like you <laughs> yes yeah, so hmrc doesn't like you and that's his majesty's revenue customs or that is indeed um you have to do what's called self-assessment which is exactly what it says on the tin uh, or you can leverage the services of an accountant but of course our us friends have to file their taxes every year don't they to the irs they do yeah and, every single one and there is a whole range of software that uh, allows you to do that and as you say uh, is it h&r blocked in there is it tax layer tax act intuit turbo tax uh, Jackson Hewitt Online, Liberty to own, and it goes on and on. I mean, there are so many pieces of software here that can be leveraged to do it, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and they cost money. That's the other bit that makes me laugh. Yeah. They're not free. They, they're actually but they're quite meant expensive. to be. The government has an act that says uh, they're meant to. Each of these companies that have a paper are meant to offer a free product which has enough to actually file your taxes. Though I think we've run a story on that before with QuickBooks, haven't we? We did. About how they've been hiding that and they were sued for it. We did run that. I recall that. Uh, yeah, exactly. It was, it was uh, not particularly well. Um... <laughs> no, no. Bait and switch was usually yeah. the term. <laughs> I think that probably was right, wasn't it? Yeah. So this is around, like you say. So you know, they these companies uh, have been leveraging the Google technology, and you say to to. No, Meta's to... not Google's. Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, yeah, no, sorry, yes. Yeah, so that's the problem. There's too many people getting super data privately. <laughs> they are. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Sorry, yes. Because it's called pixel tracking. That's why. Hey, that's it. That's what's done it. That's exactly what did it. I, I think I read pixel in my notes. Um, but this is not like this is a not an unusual thing, is it? A lot of these no. companies are capturing data. They're going to be using third party systems. So you know, this pixel tool here is isn't unlike many other ad tracking tools. And you and I both use our pie holes. One of the things we block is tracking, and you get a sense of how many tracking applications or services there are, don't you? Um, by just seeing amount, the logs, yeah. and it's unbelievable. And also, it's interesting how many things break when you when yeah. you block. When you some take of those the uh, tracking and the adverts out, things like to break. It's like they designed the site to uh, break if they couldn't get ads on there or track you. Yeah. So, so apparently, though, that but so Meta though turned around, didn't they? They said that that <sighs> according to them, yeah. The sister system is supposed to stop advertisers from sharing any data, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it? It's, 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 yeah. So advertisers are prohibited from sharing personal information, and they also uses automated systems to filter out sensitive con- content sent through Pixel. And yeah. but Meta does require businesses that use Pixel to have lawful rights to collect, use, and share user data. However, yeah, the, the plaintiffs that they kind of argue that Meta makes no effort to actually enforce that rule. Instead, relies on a kind of a broken honor system that basically resulted in repeated documented violations of this. Hence, why they're now suing them. And I was—I knew Google. Look, I knew—I just looked down my rest of my page. I knew I'd written Google for a reason because there was another company, Tax Act, that was uh, leveraging a Google's analytics system, and they've been done as well for this. Um, right, I knew okay. what I, 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 I was like doubting myself. I'm like, yeah. So Google's statement, though, on the other hand, said that they have, I quote, strict policies against targeting using targeted ads using sensitive content, and it should be using an- anonymized analytics to avoid linking it to users. Well, clearly that's not true either, is it? Then, you know, yeah. If it's one of those ones that isn't on by default, people won't change it. Not at all. Why would you? Yeah. It, oh, just. It, but I guess the thing that has to, we have to state here is that there's no, there is no um, 
no accusation of wrongdoing, is there? Because there's no statement on whether the data was being misused um, or whether it no. was, but you know, being nefarious reasons. But it's better. Uh, it's better, and it's gathering information without permission. That's the key thing, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, and the IRS apparently require that any of these tax firms that use, you know, the, the, what they call them tax yep. preparation services, don't they? Uh, yep. Must obtain signed consent for using any of the information that they gather beyond the use of the actual tax return of the IRS. Yeah, so they're, they're not doing that, I'm sure. No, it's, it's got to be, you know, it's meant to be a pop up somewhere, isn't it? That says, you know, your information, you know, consent to. XYZ. It should be knocked out. And yeah, but, no, or if it's there, it's going to be buried so far that you <laughs> wouldn't necessarily spot it for whatever Please reason. Please sign yeah. in with your Facebook account to uh, be able to turn these features off. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah, that's <laughs> or, exactly what yeah, it would be. That's exactly, what it's probably, that's probably exactly what's happened, isn't it? When you file this bit of software up, I bet it would said, um, do you want to create an account or do you want to sign in with Facebook or Google or whatever? Yeah. And that's what's happened. People have gone and law yeah, oh yeah, I've got a Facebook account or Meta account, whatever. Never yeah, that's super ever simple. Do that, listeners. Just no just don't. And, but that's what they've done. Super simple and they've clicked on that, haven't they? And then yeah. there we go. That's what's happened. Yeah. Uh, so yes. <sighs> not not the uh not the way it should have been. And uh, you know, what we want to say there is as you say, Carl's advice, don't do it. Sign up for an account. Sign up with email. Use an yeah, anonymous you... one or an email forwarding service or something. I was just going to say, yeah. Add an extra layer in there. But uh, yeah, no. don't ever sign in with your Facebook or Google for something like that. No. I actually, I, you know, the only one I would say potentially is probably Apple, where you can, again, create the, the app. Yeah. The, but again, you know, use it at your own your own risk, that doesn't, it yeah, there is that. Yeah, I suppose Apple one maybe. I, I still kind of just avoid that and yeah, no, create so. a random password in in Bitwarden, and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. There we go. So yes, yep. Meta in hot water. Uh, a from the EU for and now obviously being sued by U.S. tax uh, returnees. I suppose that's the way to. I don't know what you call them that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yes, that, talking of Google, Google's then. <laughs> well, <laughs> Google's Google, a though, whopper. It's yeah, Google like Google like hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that two hundred and what was it? Two hundred and sixty-five million euros. Yeah, Google stand aside. How about thirteen point six billion pounds or sixteen point three billion uh, of your dollars? Uh, yeah. So this is a, a, a litigation, and I hope it will be a class action. It's been brought by the Competition Appeal Tribunal in the UK. So not the CMA. It's the CAT, the CAT. Um, <laughs> yeah. So against Google Meow. and its parent company Alphabet on behalf of ready for this thousands of digital publishers. So yeah, seeking thirteen point six billion pounds in damages on behalf of alleged anti-competitive behaviour related to Google's ad tech practices. So yeah, it's adverts again. Ah, uh, but oh, yeah. The bit I don't get though is I and I'm sure we've talked about this before. I don't understand. Well, sorry, I rephrase that. I didn't think we could leverage class action lawsuits here in the UK. It's, yeah, there's been a couple recently, hasn't there? I think some of them have changed. Not, yeah, but they're not the US style, style. class action. No. no, no. I think they actually have to sign up for them. It's not a blanket one that everyone can then claim afterwards. I think you have to get your name in before. There's definitely some differences there. Yeah, because um, we, we have a lot of these ones, don't we, that come out and say, um, 
you know, like the what's the one? The Diesel Gate, wasn't it? And yeah, uh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, and and, and you too can claim your much share of the money that you know Volkswagen have paid up. You know, the amount of adverts on the TV that you see these days oh, for they're them. everywhere. Oh, they are, but that's the ones I kind of remembered happening. Um, but yeah, class action ones, like you say, perhaps you've got to get in there early doors then, yeah? Yeah, exactly. But I think the, the, basically the claim alleges that Google basically abused a dominant position in the market for online advertising, earning huge profits for itself at the expense of tens of thousands of publishers of websites and mobile apps in the UK. So the suit is being bought on behalf of 130,000 businesses publishing around 1.75 million websites and apps in the UK. And they're also going on to claim that Google's practices may have reduced advertising revenue by up to 40% for some of these companies because, yeah, Google have prioritized their own services uh, over the ones of these uh, British businesses. Uh, I was just about to say, um, are we surprised? Um, no, 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 no. But no. it's not the only suit, is it, though? Uh, no, in it's not. parallel, they're also launching a European economy. So European Economic Area, or EEA, claim in the Netherlands. So it's not just the UK Google have to fight. They're going to have to fight in the EU as well. Yeah, and that one also is a multi-billion dollar. Actually, it's more. They're up to $25 billion in that one, aren't they? So... Yes, indeed. Uh, and they've got there's, there's current form to back this up, isn't there? So last year, uh, there was an enforcement by France's competition watchdog to back them up. Um, found that Google had abused a dominant, again, a dominant position in the ad tech uh, uh, and was fined 220 million euros uh, for right, um, yeah, 220 million euros for that one. So, and that was on very similar lines. Yeah, exactly. And the, but I think the, if I recall that that they were fined in that one again, but it was another small, well, smallish fine compared to this, yeah. isn't it? Uh, yeah, which is 220 million euros. Yeah. Is, yeah, nothing compared to these billions. No, and I, I have to say, when I was reading this through and trying to understand the story, I was like, where are they getting this 16 billion dollars from? Um, yeah. But it turns out that they've calculated, as you say, that's the loss of revenue, isn't it? Or the advertising yep. revenue um, that they that Google have taken away potentially for it. And this goes back to 2014. This is so we were saying. Yes. So I mean, this this is over a long period of time here, isn't it? You know, eight yep. years or so. But you know, it, I would say Google. Google has set a state. They've Google have pushed some statements out, haven't they? Saying that they work with publishers across Europe. Their tools and many of their competitors help millions of websites and apps fund their content, and they have businesses of all sizes to effectively reach new customers. And they adapt and evolve in partnership with those publishers. So what they're kind of saying is, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. I think, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's a tact that Google takes quite often, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like, well, what do you want about? Like, we've given you this just because you've misused it. That's not yeah. our fault. Be quiet and do as you're told. Yeah. But the CMA, I suspect, uh, is going to have another look because they kicked off an investigation back in 2019. I hadn't realized that was still running. Okay. Um, around the what they called the dysfunction in the digital ad market in the UK, saying that it's uh, investigation digital advertising and potential harm to consumers through these services. Um, and what they, that they are saying is, is that, uh, well, the investigation was along the lines of what power do these online platforms have in user-facing markets and whether that the impact on consumers and what data consumers are able and willing to control and how it's collected about them. And also whether competition in that market is distorted by certain platforms. So effectively, it's the same thing, isn't it? It's, it's, you it know, yeah, it is. Google are wielding too much power. So yeah. it is a an interesting an interesting point here. Um, the, whether or not Google will go well, whether Google will fight this, I suspect obviously they will fight it, but whether or not they'll come out and say, you know, there's, there's value in this claim. 
the law partner, isn't it? Who or the law firm that are doing it? They they're saying it's not about the money, aren't they? They're saying it's about uh, the substance, isn't it, uh, of of uh, the publishing? The yeah. fact that Google won't allow a company or won't allow access to certain press and publishers, and you know, stopping their income. That's what they're saying about. It. But ultimately, it is about money. The same way that by saying it's not about money, it's more than that. And then the same breath saying it's around Google have stopped them earning a proper income. Well, you are stating it's about the money, then, aren't you? Yeah, it's always about money. It's always about. There's no other reason for it. I mean, I, I'm not suggesting what Google have done here is right, I'm, and I'm not suggesting at all that it's a the claim is a is in in the wrong point. But let's just be clear: this is completely and utterly about money, isn't yeah. it? So, yeah. um, the the other thing about this interesting point of view is kind of in parallel to this story, talking of ad tech is around where Google is obviously moving away, isn't it, from cookie based tracking to this new yes. sandboxing, which is going to cause a lot of issues around privacy tracking, isn't it? Um, and a lot of these ad blocking services that you can get as Google extensions are not going to work, are they? That's a, There's a lot of concerns about that. Oh, well, this is to do with the Chrome engine, isn't it? And the yeah. uh, I can't, version three of I can't, the framework for using extensions. Yeah, yeah. Stick with Firefox. Yeah, so I'm just, you know, in a kind of <laughs> same way about tracking and data yeah. uh, and obviously, you know, ad tech. But yeah, I just... At some point, a lot of these companies are going to be brought to heel. But the problem we have here is, are governments going to overuse the power that they have? You know? Well, CMA is very busy. This, well, I, I can't, to be honest it's with you. It's gone crazy, isn't it? I am shocked at how much the CMA is doing recently. I mean, it, from, you know, from not having particularly much to say about itself in its old form, wasn't it? Because it wasn't called yeah. that you prior to what was it called before the Competition Market Authority? Can't remember. Um, I can't remember what it was called before, can you? Um you know it uh, Office of Fair wasn't it Office of Fair Trading, wasn't it? That was it, the OFT. Oh was it yeah. Yeah, because it was emerged years ago as the OFT and they also had another one called the uh, Competition Commission. They were completely different things. But the OFT, you ha- not, you know, it wasn't that they didn't do much, but you didn't hear as much you talk about. It. And I think a lot of it was done because of we were still in Europe. So a lot of that was pushed, I think, through the European regulators. But now it seems like the CMA, like you say, of just everything can anything they're getting their teeth into. It's like, you know, right, yeah. we need to be looking at this. And no, what are you doing over here? No, it's like, like every week there's a new one. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, there may have to be people. <laughs> well, their staff must be absolutely overwhelmed, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'd, it'd be interesting to see whether or not it goes ahead. The company that are handling this Google one are called Harbor. Oh, sorry. No, the company, sorry, that are uh, bankrolling this litigation uh, is called Harbor. Um, and they, it was really interesting. I wanted to know what they did, so I went and had a look at their website. And their website you know, pops up and it says, yep. "Certainty in an uncertain world: dispute funding for claimants, corporates, and law firms." So basically, ah. it's a funding system for uh, you know law cases. So you don't have any money, uh, but I'm sure they you... want their money back plus a cut on top. Yeah. So at the bottom, it says here they've got 12 years of track record. They've done one point. They've uh, raised over 1.5 billion in capital they funded wow. 126 cases 70 which have concluded and they have a 76 percent success rate um and three of the case studies they have on their website is a uh, lend lease which was a shareholder class action against lend lease uh, a representative action against marriott um which made me smile because that one was the marriott one against you know the data you know the data loss of marriott. oh yeah 
Yeah. And then the other one was about Road Chef, which is, you know, a roadside. Oh, road know, motorway, serv- <laughs> motorway services one here, which is about, it looks like it was something to do with share options uh, and people, employees. Okay. There. But it was a Marriott one I thought was just relative, you know, that was a. There. But yeah, so you know, if we need to go sue somebody, it looks like they're the people to talk to for giving us some money. Get that number, write that down. Yeah. So then, from ad tech and meta, let's talk about LastPass. Oh, we haven't spoke about LastPass for a while, have we? A while? About a month or two, wasn't it? (laughs) It seems such a long time ago, Carl. I know. So they've surprise, surprise, they've been hacked again. (laughs) This was. Uh, the last hack was August 2022. So what's that? Three months? Sorry, I like yeah, yeah, three and a bit months. Um, so apparently, hackers accessed a third-party cloud storage service used by the password manager and were able to gain access to certain elements of customer information. Now, LastPass won't tell us what those certain elements are of, the, of their customers' data, but they have categorically said it's not the passwords. <laughs> I know. I know, very clear about that, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, not uh, the passwords. We it's, couldn't tell you what def- else it was. No, but it's not the passwords. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. So, uh, and apparently, uh, the hackers gained access to user data uh, using information obtained from the previous hack. I mean, <laughs> it just goes from bad to worse. So after the it? previous hack, you didn't change all your passwords. I mean, I mean, it's uh, just you, know, so you actually set a tool that would help you do that. I, it, 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 oh. I, I'm sorry, I don't try not to laugh anymore. I mean, I got rid of, I came, so I, I moved away from LastPass to Bitwarden, you know, on your recommendation. Uh, not because you were saying Bitwarden was the best thing since sliced bread, but actually, it was a downside better than, than LastPass. And given that all of the yep. LastPass security issues that we've seen, uh, it's probably one of the better, smarter moves that I've done for a while. <laughs> I still use one of the services that LastPass have, which is uh, Authy. Um, yes, but use of two FA codes, and I really need to come away from it. The problem I've got though is, you know, having to reset up another authenticator is just a pain in the rear end. You know, do you? Uh, have to but... do it, is it one of those ones that pushes you? It does a push notification for that, or you just no, no, export no. your codes from that and import those into Bitwarden? Uh, probably it's the one where you normally, you know, the kind of authenticator where you go to a, uh, you go to it, you scan a QR code and it sets up, and then I go to the app. And it gives me a three six digit code, you know. Yeah. So yeah, you'll be you should yeah. hopefully be able to just export those as the actual codes from uh yeah. Orphe and then import those into Bitwarden or, or another service. Yeah, and it is, but yeah, I think you're right. Last pass though, it's just um absolutely uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a liability. It is a bit of a liability, absolute liability. I mean the fact the CEO says that you know, what was it? They what's it? Uh, their passwords remain your passwords remain safe, customer's password due to LastPass's zero knowledge architecture, stating that uh, the company's policy means that only the users know their master password and the encryptions at the device level. Well, clearly something isn't working here, is it? Let's be honest, you know, hmm. because the fact yeah. that the last hack source code was stolen, they the the bad actors were inside LastPass for several days, weren't they? Moving laterally through the systems. Yep. I mean, they've stolen something. Um, you know, and clearly yep. it was worth stealing, so to speak, wasn't it? It wasn't, you know, a stroll through the park. Uh, but I don't know. <sighs> I, it is a. Uh... I feel we haven't heard the last of this one. <laughs> no, I don't. I I'm still interested is... in what that uh, certain inform- certain elements of customer information is. That's the thing. You can't just ambiguously say mm, customer information. You, I think yeah, you so either you know more... what it is. 
or you don't at this point. And then if you don't know what it is, how can you say it's not the passwords? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. is a, yeah. <laughs> You've got to take a step back and you think, they've stolen something. Something is stored on the servers. And to state that, you know, they're disabled encrypted. Well, yeah, probably are. But then it's a case of, well, they're going to probably then hack the consumers, aren't they? To target certain um yep certain data because why else would you want to crack people why else would you break into a password manager unless you wanted exactly they're, the they're trying to get hold of the passwords aren't they yeah i mean you and i say we use bitwarden bitwarden is obviously a very similar thing you know it's open source we can roll our own bitwarden servers if we wanted to couldn't yep. or, or version here on our machines we are using a cloud thing and bitwarden's free as well i think we you know you and i pay for the was it ten dollars a year i think that's all it is yeah for the um, the premium version. Now, this is not a statement of support to say Bitwarden brilliant, you should buy it. But just as an, as an example, the cost variation between LastPass and Bitwarden is one of the other reasons as well why I was keen to swap. It just was it was absolutely expensive in, yeah. in comparison, wasn't it? Um, but I don't know. I mean, you got to look at password managers. You know, there's just you've got to think about how you use them and i think you're right device only is probably good cloud syncing is useful you know and we're guilty of that but ultimately yeah something's got to give isn't it in terms yeah. of security here in, in, in the last pass just seem to keep on stepping in the stuff that comes out the back of a dog at the moment i feel it's just like oh again <laughs> really? i'm not again you're like you know you know yeah just... tune in in three months time for the next uh hack i'm sure yeah and this on, on a completely related story so i um I met with a, a customer on Friday and uh, yep. uh, who was uh, not technical. They were sales sort of from the customer side. Anyway, long story short, but we got talking and talked about kind of uh, ransomware attacks and user data. And then we got to the subject of password managers and they, they, they didn't use one. And they were like, well, Whoa. what do you do with it? And I was like, sorry. And we had a genuine hmm. conversation about password managers and recommendation of what password manager you, you should use. Um, and I kind of talked about Bitwarden, but I also then gave other options such as One Password, which is very yeah. good as well. Yeah. Um, Highly rated. Uh, and they admitted that they used three or four different passwords that they cycled through their accounts with. I was shocked. Um, Did you, do you uh, ask what their favourite colour was next, or their favourite <laughs> no, chocolate bar? Well, you know, I, <laughs> and I where do you that. bank again? <laughs> you know, and, and, but out of respect to this person, yep. they actually were then like, "Yeah, I should definitely. I will go have a look at this," and you know talked about how we could change it and use it so but it was because using a password just... manager isn't the norm no that's the thing that's what just that's i think the point was this isn't a name and shame no it is not that's not the aim of the story no. the point was you're right it just proved the point that most people still are not doing it we've got to go out and educate yeah. people you know yeah, and educate your kids and stuff like that so it's ingrained yeah. in them you know when they're young they'll They'll pass that information on to their friends. They'll carry on as adults using it and hopefully get at a stage where everyone's using password managers. Yeah, eventually it eventually it will uh, it will become the norm. But yeah. Yeah, I just thought it just it was uh it made me smile, so to speak. So but, uh, uh, yeah, actually talking about someone else who doesn't really understand security. <laughs> oh um, my god. This is just like car crash, this one. I mean oh, I'm, it's not a good one, is it? So uh Anchor have, uh, have a sub brand called Yuffie. Uh, they do multiple things that they do things like scales, but they also do security cameras and they've been quite well received. Um, and then they, they make that promise that uh, actually make several promises. You know, one, that your data will be stored locally. Brilliant. 
Uh, it never leaves the safety of your home. Awesome. Uh, and the footage only gets transmitted with end-to-end military-grade encryption. Okay. Uh, yep. And it will only send that footage straight to your phone. Well, it seems that it may have been bending the truth somewhat. Um, I'm not going to say outright lying, but maybe. Um, so it all started what, uh, a week or two back, uh, maybe a couple more weeks than that, uh, when some InfoSec consultants, uh, Paul Moore and a hacker who goes by the, by the name Wasabi, uh, both uh, alleged. Yeah, I like that. Wasabi. Uh, yeah. They both alleged that the camera can stream encryption free through the cloud. Uh, just by connecting to a unique address at Yuffie's cloud servers with the free VLC media player. Uh, so Anchor are flat out denying this and saying they can confirm that it's not possible to start a stream or watch live footage using a third-party player such as VLC. So, However, multiple sources and media outlets are able to reproduce this. Um, and it gets worse. So it just seems that this unique address isn't so unique. You know, it's compromised of your of your camera's serial number in a base 64 format, a timestamp, and this can be any timestamp, like the current time, and a token that's not actually validated. So just create a token and a random four-digit hex. So there might be a bit of brute force there. So yeah. remember the bit where they said it's sent straight to your phone and it's end-to-end encrypted. Well, if you can just hit an endpoint hosted by Anchor and they can send a command for your camera to start streaming via that cloud endpoint, that means it's not direct to your phone. And it also means they have the encryption keys. This is yeah. absolutely shocking, given the outright denials by the company, I think, that it is. wasn't possible. Do you want and another just... shocking fact? Something even more shocking. Go on. So a bit of further investigation on, on those encryption keys. Uh, apparently, it's the same encryption key for everyone. And I'm not going to say what it is on live on air, but you can find it because it was actually published in plain text to their GitHub repository in 2019. So it's been sitting there in plain sight for three years. Uh, (laughs) So when they say end-to-end encryption, it's not like the end-to-end encryption you get with iMessage where it's a unique key just for you. I mean, it's no more end-to-end than just HTTPS. Technically, I mean, that's end-to-end encrypted from one server to the other or one device to the other. But it's not traditionally how what we call end-to-end encryption, is it, where it's a unique encryption key between the two parties involved. No. No. This is, this is absolutely shocking. Um, because, you know, people have bought these cameras under the belief that they are encrypted you can safely use them. You're storing the, they, you know, the local storage. It's not going to the cloud. It's locally to, stored. Perfect. That's, that's a selling yep. point. <laughs> yep. You know, yet there's clearly what appears to be on the you know, face of it, an unencrypted RTSP feed between the um, the cameras and the thing. And like I say, to use VLC to be able to, you know, VLC, you know, yep. open source application to view that. And as you say as well, the, the absolute... <laughs> Um, you know, absolute uh, horror story that you know that you you know publicly available um, keys encryption there. key. Yeah, yeah, but it's terrible, <laughs> absolutely terrible. Yeah. So uh, pretty much all their promises don't make sense, and yeah, they're just flat out lying to you. Really, that's not a good look. 
but think, but I think there wasn't it, the there has been some un, well not confirmed, but some changes apparently haven't they that they think you, um, Anchor have started to roll out some fixes for this, haven't they? But there's <clears> nothing <throat> official, so to speak. Yeah, I heard one of them that was the fact they just blocked the user agent for VLC and didn't actually change anything behind it. So if you change your user agent to something else on the VLC, it just works. Yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got, um, uh, you know, the Blink cameras, which are great. Um, they're really nice. Uh, you know, they store locally to a, uh, you know, the SD yep. card, uh, USB, sorry, on thing. Um, but I, I was really tempted to think about getting some cameras that leverage, you know, the HomeKit Secure Video, because that doesn't count, yes. does it, towards your iCloud storage? Um, uh, does it not? No. No, it doesn't. Uh, so I was tempted to have a look at them because what i'd really like is you know the cameras where they're a bit more this this this, i'm not worried about the storage so to speak you know um and it keeps going over and over and i i have to say a little while ago i did have a look at these cameras i really because i was kind of thought these look really good the local storage uh, piece for me really was seeing the cost i won't lie to you was the break point they were expensive yeah yeah they weren't really i was kind of like it wasn't kind of looking but this is, you know, just again, this is just the internet of, you know, I'm not going to say the word begins with, you know, sounds like hit. Um, it is, isn't it? Just IoT failures again and again and again. You know, I, I, I was doing a talk the other day to some uh, sort of teenagers. And yeah. I was talking to our cybersecurity and talk about, you know, the internet of things. And I, I always put a slide up. And the first, before I talk about IoT, my, my question to them is, who thinks it's a good idea to plug everything into the internet, you know? Yeah. And like, you, you get some, ex- you know, some of them are like, oh, it's great. And then you have some of them are like, mm, maybe not, you know? <laughs> you know, like, not you know. sure my toaster needs an internet connection. Yeah. And this, but with obviously cameras, you know, we want cameras to be available. You want to be able to be somewhere and check the security of your property. But you want to entrust, if you're leveraging the cloud, that there is security by design. Yeah, and and clearly, that design is sound. Clearly, there is not any security by design here. No. Yeah, I <sighs> just you know it just it just again and again it's the same old story, isn't it? You know, it but, is. Yep. But yes, but uh, yeah, hat tip to uh, Wasabi uh, for uh, yes this <laughs> eye opening <laughs> hack. But yeah. Be interested to see what uh, oof, 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 anchor, oof it, uh, what anchor come out with next, or whether they whether they actually fix this and perhaps say that it was a a bug rather than a you know a, a security issue. I yeah, we will see. I wonder. We'll so then, you when we need to hear anything, we will indeed. So then, a uh, couple of stories before we reel out the rumor mill. So, ah, oh, yes, Microsoft. So you might be living under a rock if you haven't heard of the Microsoft acquisition. Activision Blizzard uh, acquisition story. Um, yeah. We've been talking about it now for a few weeks. And last week we had a good old chat about the fact that, uh, you know, the FTC were, and the CMA were both sniffing around, weren't they, and opening yeah. investigations. Well, this week, the FTC in America have decided they're going to sue Microsoft, haven't they? Uh, to stop the deal. To, yeah, to yeah. stop the deal. Um, which kind of was weird because only a couple of days beforehand, there were rumours that the FTC were going to go ahead with it, weren't they? Because yeah, Microsoft they were just gonna, had... They looked into it, weren't going to sue, we were just no. basically giving them the blessing. But uh, now they decide to sue. They've now sued. And the statement from them, effectively, I think you said, was basically have Sony written this, wasn't it, when we were talking about oh, it? it was, yeah. 
It was like Sony's lawyers had written the statement from the FTC to say whether or not it's going ahead. Now, Microsoft, I don't think are going to back down. I think Microsoft are oh, going to they're fight too this far now. Tooth, tooth and nail. They are too far invested. The CEO of Activision Blizzard also stated, didn't he, that they wouldn't put down without a fight. Uh, yep. That's probably because he wants a good payout, let's be honest. Oh, golden hand, um, handcuffs, yeah. But prior to this happening, uh, Phil Spencer, uh, head of uh, head of gaming over at um, yep. Microsoft, uh, made a statement, didn't he, around uh, bringing Call of Duty to Nintendo. And he, he wanted did. to confirm a 10-year commitment should the deal go through. So this obviously was prior to them saying uh, you know, that they would ensure that opportunity that Sony would have you know, access to Call of yep. Duty, didn't they? They would have, you know, uh, exclusive, not exclusive. For at least 10 years, yep. First person, yeah, sorry, first party releases uh, on, on PlayStation. Day well. one as well, yep. Um, but he also now wants to get it out, didn't he, to the Switch? And I think he said in uh, an interview that they wanted to treat it like Minecraft and have it across all platforms. Yeah. And they'd, he, his words were, he'd love to see it on the Switch. And a ten-year commitment was basically saying that you know it would come out on whatever replaces the Switch as well. Now, knowing Nintendo, it probably would be the Switch because they tend to hang on to consoles for quite some time. <laughs> they do. But again. <clears throat> I totally believe this is in Microsoft's best interest. Why wouldn't they want this, as we keep saying, uh, to be on other consoles? Because ultimately, it's more money, isn't it? It's you know, it's not about. It's the same it. reason they either make Office available on Mac. Yeah. And not force what? you to only get it on Windows. It still makes them more money. Yeah. Why cut a revenue stream? You know. He did make it. a very good point, though, I liked. He's like, and I, and I think they're using this as evidence, the fact that Nintendo is actually a very good example of a very successful company that makes very successful consoles and doesn't actually have Call of Duty on it. Because obviously Sony have made that argument that basically without Call of Duty, Sony are going to fold. Yeah, like, uh, by the way, uh, Nintendo's still here, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're here, they're doing very, very successful. Yeah. And they've never had, well, not they've never, but haven't had Call of Duty for a very, very long time. No, no, but uh, what I did mention was that uh, they also charge an extortionate amount of money for games, and those prices like never, and those prices never go down. And, no, there's uh, never a sale, is there? <laughs> no, and and Mario, I mean, but they've got Mario, you know, <laughs> they like they don't need Call of Duty. They've got the plumber, you know, <laughs> got the plumber <laughs> who's who's got a movie out soon. He has there is that that comes out in a couple of months, is it? I think like early next year. This is the new. Is this the animated than, one though? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Other than Chris Pratt's voice for Mario, which <laughs> just sure. isn't Mario, it actually looks quite good. I mean, it all does. the other voice actors look very good. They got Jack Black playing Bowser, haven't they? And uh, yeah. he's brilliant. Uh, yeah, the trailers look very, very good on that. Just I'm questioning his accent. Uh it can't be no worse than the the last um, Mario one, you know. Super Mario Actually, Brothers, what's it? I think it'd be better off bringing the actor back to do the voice for Mario because at least he sounded Italian. <laughs> <laughs> you want about? I'm on about the one with uh, Bob Hoskins in. Over oh, oh, that one, so I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The night, you know, the '94 one. You know, it was like oh, when he said yeah, the live action. Yeah, when you like Italian, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, a different one. Yeah. Uh, but yes, back to the point though. Yeah, so basically, we have this. What we've discovered here is that that this act, this acquisition is not about any other games at all in the Activision Blizzard studio lineup. No. This whole acquisition is about Call of Duty. Well, and, it is from 
Sony anyway, yeah. It's yeah. all about Call of Duty and making sure it's on PlayStation. Uh, it's I mean, not really. It's it's more than that, but yeah. That's what Sony are letting view, everyone yeah. believe. There's no other you know, games, clearly, that Sony care about. No, no other games, you know. Uh, so the reason the FTC now is uh, apparently going to sue them is that they have decided that they're going to file an antitrust lawsuit because they are concerned that Microsoft would gain an unfair advantage and reduce competition in the markets. However, I read something the other day that said <laughs> that um, judges in these typical cases take a dim view of these antitrust lawsuits where two yes. companies who who are in, vert- in the same vertical but do not but have no competition. And Activision and Microsoft do not compete. No, exactly. So it's not, yeah, I, the judges like to slap that one down, I imagine. Yeah, because actually, this isn't like buying up your competitor and reducing the market. It's not that at all. The market here is not changing. No. The difference is you have one person who's owning a large chunk of the market. Okay, so then you have a monopoly as opposed to, uh, you know, anti-competitive behavior. Because... Okay, I know you know we've we've said this before. Microsoft have got track record, etc., etc., etc. But on the other hand, you've got to look at it on the face value of you know what this is bringing, and from a business perspective, as we keep stating here, Microsoft are just not going to reduce their income. They need to get a maximum return on investment for this, and and if they cut off all revenue streams and basically made Call of Duty because that's the only game, don't forget, uh, single Xbox only, then you're not going to get a return on 67 billion very quickly. <laughs> you know? No, no. You know? How about we just don't buy Activision Blizzard and just buy the rights for Call of Duty? Yeah, yeah. That'd be a lot cheaper. Just to really annoy Sony. <laughs> Maybe they should just try and acquire Sony. That would be even funnier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not sure the FTC would like that one. <laughs> that, it should just... just, just just do it for a laugh, you know. Just put out this press release, like you know, or or, or seed some rumors, you know. See some it's a hostile takeover. Seed some rumors. Microsoft are considering a hostile takeover of Sony, and we're basically just want to buy it and burn it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like the old days of IBM acquisitions, where they just you know, buy a company, kick the doors in, and that be it. You Barry, you never hear of it. Hear no, about no, it again. no, 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 no. We wouldn't even merge the technology and we'd just bury it. We'd just bury it, you know. There'd be a like there'd just be a large bonfire of uh, you know, PlayStations. Um, you know, so <laughs> clearly you and I should never work in MA, you know. Like, <laughs> Not, yeah. <laughs> Burn it to the ground. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I can't breathe that. Moving on then, before we fire up the rumor bill. In fact, no, I think it is a, no, it is a no, 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 we've got one more. No, we got one. We got one the M2 more. Max leaks. So yes, tell us about the M2 Max leaks then, because uh, yeah. this is quite impressive. So well, should this yeah, be rumors? It no, it's not rumors. We know I the mean, M2. The M2s are already out. We know the next one's gonna be a Max, or and then we'll have an Ultra, you know. So, but uh, but Shrimp Apple Pro, he's back again. He's leaked some uh, some. Benchmarks from Geekbench 5 on the M2 Max online. Yes. It's a whopping machine he's using. It's a 12 core 96 gig of RAM model. So there's a lot of RAM. But basically, the benchmarks compared to the current M1 Max are showing about 20% faster in both single and multi core benchmarks. So, pretty respectable bump in performance, I'd say. I have to say they are. And I, you know, let's be honest, we are, I think we're seeing here the right kind of performance increases are we we're not seeing ridiculous you know like they've you know completely unlocked this these are what you'd expect from the next generation up you know off the off the last uh you know the last the m the m1 pros uh, yeah. max excuse me and the you m1 know. max is no slouch so to no, add 20 I mean, percent performance on top of that is is pretty good 
I mean, the M1, the M1 Pro is not a slouch. I mean, that's what I'm using here. And I, yeah. I've not seen that, you know, slow down at all. The only thing that made me chuckle, as I said to you on the, when we were doing the preamble, is the Geekbench 5 score is a 12-core, 96-gig RAM machine. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's either that's sweet. one hell of a MacBook Pro, but as you pointed out, it's probably a studio. Yeah. Um, the, Maybe it's a new Mac Mini. Uh, well, Wouldn't you love that? Know, I mean, 96 gig of RAM. I'm like, I'll take that now. Um, <laughs> what I think, though, is going to happen here is I think we're going to see a bit like the Intel TikTok. You know, I have a feeling yeah. that we're, we're seeing, you know, quite respectable 20% increase here. I wonder we'll see a complete architectural change over the M3. Are you talking in... major features like multi-monitor support? <laughs> well, yeah, more than three. Um, <laughs> more, more than th- no, is it more than two? Well, you got yeah, some but weird you... Yankee adapter, janky adapter for the phone. <laughs> it's not janky adapter; it's a display link adapter. They're respectable bit of kit, my man. Um, <laughs> no, you can have three. I think with I think you can have three monitors. The M2s is that changed with the M2s? Um, I do, M2. I'm going to have to Google it now. M2 <laughs> um, external monitor support. Monitor support. Okay, here we are. Hang on, hang on. You know, live as we do this. Uh, the M2 MacBook still. Oh, so the M, the standard M2 only supports. A uh, single external display, so that's the same limitation. In twenty twenty two, that's the same limitation as um, the uh, the M one. The the Pro, the Pro is going to support. I would suspect if it's the same, um, it's going to have to support two, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so that's two monitors. I think though, I think they say isn't it? It's, it's it's two monitors, and then or if you're running six K, it's only one external monitor, isn't it? Because of the output. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a netbook so, I could sell you from 2007 that does more yeah. monitors. So whilst this is 20% faster, it's got 96 RAM at least, and it yeah. you know it's it's got a hell of a. I mean that 11,500 multi-core score is superb. Uh, yeah. Yes, it uh, it only will support two monitors. I bet. Um, but it's yeah, I guess you know. I can see him on stage now talking revolutionary features, <laughs> showing a MacBook with four monitors plugged in. It, it, you know what? For all of the the joking around, it, yeah. it, it is a complete. It's just it's just complete failure on my part. I just, why? Why? I know. I remember think... when you first got it and getting that call saying, "I can't get more than X number of monitors to work," <laughs> and the, the, what? the rabbit hole we went down with to figure out that one out. Yeah, because I misread it. I misread yeah. it. I was like, this should work. And we were like, no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, 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 not with but a no, pro so model. They, you didn't spend so enough are, money. No, we didn't spend a pro model. So uh, they are like, so, but when uh, we are suspecting, aren't we, based on the leaks, um, that the next Max end should come out March next year. Well, first quarter next year. So typically, Apple do tend to have a March April event, don't they? That you know has been they do. the kind of the kind of time frame. So we're probably looking to see M2 Max and M2 Pros. I would say um, in you know first quarter next year. So that's going to be new MacBooks, new studios as well. You know, still nothing yeah. for the Mac Pro. Yeah, haven't they? They've definitely passed their all uh, Macs yeah. running Apple Silicon now in two years, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. They They've have. missed that deadline. They've missed the deadline. But um yeah, we uh there is a story in the works for next week. I know I don't know if I can't, I'll have to, I can't remember yeah, you have got it. Yeah. There is another rumour, we haven't got it this week, but for next week, which talks about a potential new MacBook, doesn't it? Um yeah. 
So there is a potential for something else, but we'll leave that one for next week. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, new studios, new, you know, the standard thing. And we know that this, as the sun rises and falls, there will be new MacBooks and they will have the new M2 chips. Um, and the problem with Apple is you can, you're just chasing your tail. It's like a dog chasing its tail. You can't yeah. keep up with it. And I think if, unless you've got bottomless pits of money, you've just got to like bite the bullet, haven't you? And say, right, I've got to live with this now. Hmm. And it's like with my M1 Pro. I don't foresee upgrading this machine for another two, three years, minimum, minimum. No. Uh, the only thing I probably would do if I had some money spare is I might get a studio. Okay. That would that would probably be the only thing I'd probably do is replace it for a studio. Hmm. That's not just some money, though, is it? That's no. a fair <laughs> bit of money. I'd have to you know, sell this and probably put a thousand pounds on top, minimum. <laughs> but given that I've got an M, an M1 Pro, sixteen gig work laptop, and I've got the same yep. machine here as my personal. It would kind of make sense to have a studio at home do. rather than the laptop. But you know, there we go. But yeah, M2 Max looking good, looking quick. Uh, no surprises there. So then, where? Oh yes, this is what I need. Right then, yeah. <laughs> Keep your Apple pants on because <laughs> there's more. There's more. So, there's more. Uh, yeah. uh, this one's it's from uh, analysts at Nikkei. Um, so not only we're going to be getting USB-C and a new titanium design on the iPhone 15, we're also apparently getting Sony's latest state-of-the-art imaging sensor, which will catapult. They're saying their words, not mine. Catapult into a new level of low-light photography. So yeah, this is. Sony's latest is it Ixos is, is the name they use for their imaging sensors, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Recall it. Uh, and yeah. apparently, uh, a bit technique for me, it doubles the saturation signal level in each pixel compared with conventional sensors. Well, in other words, the sensors can capture more light and reduce overexposure and underexposure in certain settings. Uh, so basically, uh, I suppose pimping your smartphone camera. Um, I think we could all do with some better low light. I mean, the iPhone is good. It's not as good as the uh, pixel range when it comes to low light. So any improvement would be nice. I have to say, when they debuted the low light capability with the iPhone 12, I was blown away. Okay, yeah. it, up, look, it isn't up there with the Google ones. Let's be honest, Pixel have still got an edge there. So I'm not stating that they're better. But I'm just saying it was a hell of an improvement. Yes. on the iPhone 11 and, and previous generation. Now, the iPhone 14, because we skipped, obviously, the iPhone 14, I think, takes that to another level as well. And the light capture is just phenomenal. So uh, to, to say that, you know, what they're saying here, you know, if they're standing with backlighting as well, so you can do, yeah. you know, the the, the exposure settings. I, I've got to say, this is going to be another amazing feature. And again, one that, yes, our friends are over at, you know, Pixel Land, have had for a little while, but you know it is is good. And those and Google Pixels, you know, I've got rid of mine now, but they do take some damn good. They are they, you know, I sent you some pictures. Remember when I got the six? Uh, yes. I sent you some shots. They do take good pictures. There's you can't get away from that. You know they do indeed. Um, though I have to say I do like the fourteen camera. I, you know I sent you some pictures this morning, didn't I? Of uh, I'll call uh, of the cold weather, of the frosty, you know, we had a we had a snap frost last night, and the old cobwebs of frosty weather, and the macro lens on the the fourteen. Uh, what did we do without that? <laughs> I do like the macro lens, yeah. You do, but yeah, so definitely, it's Sony uh, Ixonos would be a what a hell of an upgrade 
you know, I'm, I'd be happy with that. You happy with that? I think we should go. Yeah, there. yeah. Always after a better camera. Always, you know, considering it's a camera with a phone attached. Uh, so what else we got then in the as we're talking Apple then? Oh, well, this one's from Mr. German. Uh, oh, and the German one. Uh, exactly. Uh, in his, I think his latest power on letter, uh, Bloomberg. Uh, he's talking about the renaming of the OS that's going to power Apple's AR VR headset. Uh, obviously, we spoke about this before, and it's meant to be called Reality OS. Well, they've filed trademarks for XR OS. I suppose that X being A or V is in you know uh, AR VR headsets, but um, yeah, and they've been trademarking this around the world using uh, a company called Deep Dive LLC, which is a shell company registered by another shell company. <laughs> I think it's probably rested by another one and it'll lead back to Apple. Uh, but this isn't the first time they've done this. They do this all the time, don't they? They use these shell companies to register trademark yeah. uh, before the obviously it's before it's announced. So XROS. Yeah, I guess, you know, what was it? Because it's Reality OS. Yeah, XR, I, I can see it. Reality can see OS it. is a better name. It's a bit more catchy. I mean, whether they're going to use XROS you know, as a consumer name for it or whether it's just something they're using internally and want to trademark it. Don't know. The bit the same way iPad OS is iPad, but nobody really says iPad OS, do they? Everybody says still no, says just iOS. IOS. <laughs> um but so how far I mean so we still haven't got well, any. This was meant to be in January, wasn't it? But the rumors oh, we're yeah. hearing now is this has been pushed back to March. Well, we had January, didn't we, last year? Do you remember we had the whole hoo-ha about whether it was going to be launched in April and then we had no event, didn't we? Do you remember the whole yep. thing around that? And then we now, as you say, push back to next year. Apple are going. I I still I still think Apple will will not launch this until after WWDC. I think they're going to want to go to Dub Dub and showcase it, and then it'll be released. I don't, mm, I, I think maybe. from a developer, I just I think because of what how big it is and the whole ecosystem they're going to want to generate around it, I think it's going to need more than just a product launch. It's going to need to have that whole Dub Dub keynote piece. And then sessions around it. That's just my thoughts. I mean, we could have we could have a standalone event, you know, Q two next year. Yeah, uh, and that's calendar Q two next year, as opposed to you know funky uh, you know, business Q twos. And having you know have a launch, but this is Apple's most anticipated product for many a year, isn't it? This is you know other than the Apple on, car. Yeah, well, yeah, which is there's more chance of me, you know, getting a lift from a flying, you know, large flying unicorn than there is of getting a car. <laughs> um, I, I see this on par with the iPhone as a as a product launch. Yeah, it'll be a big one. Yeah, because I think you know the, the not that you know VR AR is groundbreaking the same way a phone wasn't groundbreaking, but it's Apple coming into a market that they haven't been in previously. Yeah. And every time they step into a market, they don't necessarily develop it. You know, they didn't invent the mobile phone. They didn't invent the tablet. But they overwhelm that market, don't they, in yeah. terms of capability and product. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a, an interesting launch. But so XROSN. So let's keep a, keep a view yeah. for that then in upcoming information. Right then, I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap up for today. We'll be back next week for episode 116, where I can tell you now we've already got quite a few stories lined up. There's quite a few Apple stories this week, um, a little bit more around some of updates that have come out in the last week around Apple security. 
We're also going to talk. Oh, the CMA again. Yes, I forgot they were in there. And <laughs> venture capital. They're always and, in there. <laughs> and the rumor mill. Oh, I forgot Elon as well. But that probably could change by the time we get to next week. Yeah, yeah um, that story's tentative right now. It is, isn't it? And the rumor mill will be back, of course. You can find us on Twitter at Weekly Tech Rant. We're still there. The lights are still on. Uh, please come and join us. We're also on our own show, uh, own show. Our, all our show notes are also on our own page at techrant.online where we post all the show notes and links for this week's episode and all of the other episodes. So please uh, give us a like, give us a subscribe, tell your friends about us and you can get us wherever you get your podcasts. And as of this week, we are now available on Amazon Podcasts, would you believe? So yes, uh, with that, I've been Jay. I've been Carl. Have a good evening, all. <laughs>